Welcome to the war from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, today we're going to take a listen to a couple of uh, stories from Soldiers of the Press, and I'm thinking this will be the last time we visit this series. Uh, we have a couple of dispatches, one from April 15th and one from April 22nd of 1945 that f- feature stories done by a women journalist, uh, Doris Johnstone in Hideout and Ann Str- uh, Stringer in The Bravest Man in the Army. So here they are. Let's take a listen. This week, Hideout. our recent programs, we told you the story of the liberation of the American civilian internees in the Philippines. Now we're going to tell you the story of a courageous woman correspondent who refused to give in to the Japs. Instead, she fled Manila in the wake of the advancing enemy and lived in the hills of Luzon with loyal Filipino guerrillas. Her name, Doris Johnston. Not much time, Miss Johnston. You are sure you want to go with us? I'm ready, Manuel. You're crazy, Doris. Stay with us in Manila. No, Bill, I know what I'm doing. But you're a woman, Doris. Hiding out in the mountains is all right for a man. We must hurry, Miss Johnston. Japs get closer. Yes, Manuel. Listen, Bill. I saw what the Japs did to Hancock in 1938, and I know what they're going to do to Manila. I'll take the hill. Now, look, Doris. Please hurry. So long, Bill, and good luck. Come on, Manuel. We go, Doris. Doris, come back. Come back. Her papers give name as Doris Johnson, news reporter. Hmm. Doris Johnson, reporter. Well, go on. She escaped in hills January 2nd, 1942, with a Filipino named Manuel Lopez. We must find her, do you hear? Scour the hills of Ruzon. This woman is dangerous to Japan. We will find her. Don't worry. Already our scouts are combing the hills how much farther, Manuel? No time, Miss Johnston. Job's coming. Oh. We must hurry. I'm hurrying, Manuel. Wait. What was it? Wait. Get behind rock. Job. Where? Listen. Friend, huh? He's alone. Job scout. Down more down in the valley. There he is. Friend! Friend! Uh, friend, huh? Oh, you got him, Manuel. No time. There are more. Hurry, more Japs come soon. Well, Miss Johnston, we are here. So this is your hideout. Right on top of a peak. It is safer. Come, meet our leader. Manuel, Felipe, welcome. An American woman. Yes, she come with me all the way from Manila. Miss Johnston, our leader, Felipe Galon. I'm glad to know you, Felipe. The Filipinos' guerrillas welcome you. Jose, some food. Our guests are hungry. Now, we must talk. Tell me, Manuel, what did you find out? The Japs, are they? They almost caught us. Yes, we got one. But even now, they are combing the hills of Luzon. 
searching for us. That is no excuse! You read this Doris Johnson get away! Our best scouts followed them. Your best scouts? What have you matter? He is dead. Dead? As long as this woman remains at large, our policy in the Philippines is in jeopardy. The woman is a writer, and her words may find their way out to the enemy. The Japanese sent out hundreds of small searching parties, but we managed to elude them for the first few months. And during that time, I watched the Filipino guerrilla movement grow from small bands of students into disciplined, responsible groups, raiding Japanese outposts in the mountains of Luzon, striking like lightning, and then withdrawing to their hideouts. Chop raiding party in the valley. Which way are they heading? This way, up the mountain. Get them in together. We must give them a welcome. Shall we say neighborhood associations make friends with the Filipinos and use them to spy on the guerrillas? Hmm. It might work, and yet there is no harm in trying, is there? No, there is no harm in trying. the Japanese organized their neighborhood associations not only to capture guerrilla leaders, but to lure me from the hills of Luzon, away from my guerrilla friends. It worked to a point. By bribes, they persuaded some Filipino families to spy on one another. But the way this spying was carried out, well... <laughs> Sabe, you understand? You spy on me, and I spy on you, eh, Felipe? <laughs> it is funny. The Japs go to my family in the village of Santilla. <laughs> First they tell my little son to spy on my older son. Then they tell my older son to spy on my daughter, and my daughter to spy on my wife. 
And who does your wife spy on? She spy on me. <laughs> what do they tell the Japs? They must tell them something. Oh, they do, they do. They tell Japs we are at such and such a place. And when the Japs go there, they say we have just left and are at another such and such a place. <laughs> I'm beginning to understand. Yes, Miss Johnston. The Jap tongue is hanging out much long. I spy on you. <laughs> Tried everything. No. There is one thing we have not tried. This Gerida Dida. His name uh, Felipe Garon. Huh. He has a family. Two boys. One girl. Wife, huh? Yes? She's all but the young son. And what of the young son? Tell him we will murder his family unless this newspaper woman is surrendered to us at once. Excellent. You are a brave woman, Miss Johnson. Someday you will write about the Filipino guerrillas, no? I can promise you that, Felipe. I wonder what your people think. Perhaps they think you are dead, no? You know, it has been two years since you left Manila with me. Yes, two years and two months, Manuel. Hard to believe that this is March 1943. You are one of us, Miss Johnson, and we shall never forget. Felipe, listen. Someone's coming. It's Diego, my young son. Papa. He's come 19 miles from your village, Felipe. Diego, something wrong. Chaps, they take Mama, Lucrecia, Quito. Your family, Felipe. What else, Diego? What else? Chap Commander, they say all die on this American woman. Surrender. Canoya. No, no. Chaps, he must have answer tonight. We answer with this. No, Felipe. This time, the gun does not help. I'm going to give myself up. No, Miss Johnson. Yes, Felipe. Hiding and sharing your privations and risks is one thing. But your family... No, I can't do that. You are a brave woman, Miss Johnston. I'm proud to have been one of you. Miss Johnson. Don't say it, Felipe. I understand. Diego? Yes, miss. We haven't much time. We must start back at once. Must hurry. Jack and is here tonight. You must come or he kill all of us. I had no choice. The chase was over. I entered a certain town on the morning of March 13th, 1943, and went to a prearranged house. There I sat alone and waited. Yes? You, Doris Johnson, war correspondent? I am. You are under arrest. The rest you know. I spent two months in Japanese jails in central Luzon before being interned at Los Senos as an enemy alien. There I remained until my rescue by American paratroopers. I left Los Senos in a tank. Once I looked back and saw columns of smoke rising from the distance. Our prison was a blazing inferno. But through the smoke and flames, I could see the smiling faces of Manuel and Felipe. And I could guess what they were thinking up in the hills of Luzon. We are free now, Miss Johnstone. Till we meet again in Manila. Long live freedom. Dora 
Boris Johnston's dramatic, soul-stirring United Press story, Hideout, a saga of the gallant Filipino guerrillas. United Press correspondents are in the thick of battle on every fighting front around the globe and in the capitals of the free world, bringing you the latest developments of the war, sending you colorful accounts such as this of the action that will ultimately spell victory. We will bring you another thrilling story of these soldiers of the press soon. Be sure to listen. And listen for United Press News on the air. Look for United Press dispatches in your favorite newspaper. They are your guarantee of the world's best coverage of the world's biggest news. grimy men stepped forward to receive their awards from Brigadier General T.D. White, commander of the 2nd Armored Division. It was bitter cold and rain streamed down their mud-flecked face. Yeah, look at those guys, will you? Yeah. Fidgeting like schoolboys. Can you imagine their being nervous now after what they've been through? Crossing the Adolf Hitler Bridge, perfect targets against a raging fire... Germans throwing everything at them and... And the whole bridge, mind, and ready to go off at any moment. Yeah, exactly. Would you like to meet these men, Mrs. Stringer? Oh, what do you think? All right. Captain. Yes, sir. Well, Captain, have you got a minute? Somebody here would like to meet you. Or, uh, should it be the other way around? <laughs> oh, the other way around. But definitely. Well, here's your man, Mrs. Stringer. The guy who led the patrol across the bridge. Captain, this is Ann Stringer of UP. How do you do, Captain? Glad to meet you, Mrs. Stringer. Gosh, boy's getting almost civilized. <laughs> Captain, I'd like to hear the full story of that crossing. Sure thing, Mr. Stringer. From the beginning, please, Captain. Well, first the orders came down from the command post. And you kind of had a feeling it was something big, didn't you? Yeah, I had an idea it'd be something tough. Well, that certainly wasn't any idle hunt. No, ma'am, but as I was saying, the orders came down. It was just afternoon, then. I got my patrol together and we hustled off to the post for briefing. Gentlemen, you are about to cross the Rhine. Captain, tonight you will take your patrol to the Adolf Hitler Bridge at Urdingen. Yes, sir. At approximately 10.30, you will start up the ramp and work your way across the bridge. Any specific objective, sir? We want to find out how heavily the bridge is mined, how heavily the bridge is guarded. I understand, sir. Now, Captain, you're to cut every demolition rigging you find. And, of course... Kill every Jerry you can. All right. Here are your maps, Captain. That bridge is 1,400 feet long. I don't need to tell you that every foot is dangerous. It's mined, ready to blow up at any moment. And 
The Germans are raking it with fire. So, good luck, men, and Godspeed. They'll need it. Afternoon, Mrs. Stringer, we studied those maps. The men knew their lives could depend on how well they knew them. Then about 9.30, we started out. It was dark as pitch, and sniper fire was cutting the grass in front of us. Spread out, men. Take they, cover. They spotted us, Captain. Get next to those buildings. Work your way along, and when we get close enough, we'll make a break for it. All right, men, run. Come on, you guys. Come on. We made it, Captain. No one hit. But, boy, those Jerry's really got a Z-I. Yeah, we made it. Now all we got to do is get across the bridge. It was exactly 10.25 then, Mrs. Stringer. Our artillery was giving us hot support, but Jerry Guns had set a terrific fire in a house just behind the bridge. And the fire made you a perfect target, eh? Like ducks in a shooting gallery. And you should have heard the shells whistling around our ears. All right, men, get going up the ramp, now. Down, men, down, every one of you. We gotta figure out something. They'll mow us down. Hey, Captain, I got an idea. Good, we could use one now. Why can't we duck over the side of the ramp and catwalk along that railing? Yeah, we stick our feet in the palings and work our way across. I'll go first. Come on, men. All right, men, come on. But watch your step. It's a 75-foot drop, and those cobblestones are mighty hard. Hold your men, Sergeant. What's the trouble, Captain? No trouble. Much. These damn palings end with a ramp. Uh-oh. Now I'll have to get right out on that bridge. All right, men, I'll take Brown, Lodowitz, McQuinn, Ross, and Miller. Sergeant, you take the rest. Yes, sir. I'll take my men and go across to the far railing. You take yours and go along on this side. And watch for those wires. All right, get started, men. Hey, Captain, do you think they'll blow this bridge tonight? No, Sergeant. Jerry wouldn't do that to us. Not much. Privately, Mrs. Stringer, I had the same kind of feeling the sergeant had. I kept thinking they'd blow that bridge the minute we stepped on it. But the only thing that matters when we hit the roadway was... Jack, Marty, Marty! Boy, listen to that scrap. That stuff may not have our names on it, but it sure got our initials anyway. Flopping them right down in the middle of this thing. Oh, 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 that boy is walking down to meet us. Boy, Hitler won't be very proud of his bridge when that crowd gets through with it. Keep moving, men. Hey, Captain, Captain, look here. What is it? Wires. Demolition. Well, cut them. <clears throat> no, no, like this. wires was like the kickoff at a football game. From then on, I wasn't quite so scared. I was too busy thinking about the job I had to do. And you found other riggings? Oh, yes. We kept cutting them every few yards. Those hineys really had that bridge wired, as we had reason to learn not so much later. But we found more than just wires. Captain, Captain, 
Can you come here a minute? Coming right up. Sergeant, you okay? I'm okay. Here, right here. Take a look. Thermite. A thermite bomb. Yeah, what do we do with it? Throw it over? Oh, it'd have it go off and hit when it hits the water? That'd really give the jury the tip off. Now we gotta pull the fuse. Give me your pliers, Sergeant. Yeah, here they are, Captain. But for God's sake, take it easy. That thing may go off right in your face. There. There, I think I got it. Yeah, that's it. PR, Sergeant. Throw it in the river. Can't hurt anybody now. a lot more cautiously after that, feeling our way across like blind men. Then, when we were about three quarters of the way... Hey, hey, hey Captain! Look! Up there! Up behind the there. bridge on fire, Captain! They're blowing the bridge, Captain! They're blowing it! Easy! Take it easy! That's no worry about it. It's just a fire set by this mortar shell. Relax! But, Captain, what are the flames spread to that tiny dynamite? Hey, look at that fire spread, Captain! What about it? Yeah, uh, well, we'll be trapped! Fire at this end, fire at the other end, us in the middle! Don't worry about that fire back there. The one up ahead's the baby... Yeah, look at that thing spread. Boy, it's really getting hot. Ah, don't worry. It ain't half as hot as the place we're going. But listen to that stuff. Burn. Men, we're still about 50 feet from that fire. we got to keep going. Get as close as possible. If there's an opening anywhere, we'll go through. Come on, let's go. Come on, boy. Those boys went on in, Mrs. Stringer, into a wall of fire. If there had been any openings, they would have found them. But as long as we couldn't get through on that end, my next move was to get the men off the bridge before the fire reached the dynamite, or we were trapped. They were the damn bravest men in the army, Mrs. Stringer. And you brought them all back? Yeah, we were lucky. You know, we scarcely had reached our side of the river, not more than five or ten minutes, when all of a sudden... up out of the water. I looked across the forbidding cliffs on the other side of the Rhine. I thought what a bloody job it would be to reach them. But we know now that a bridge across the Rhine has been taken. Taken by other men just as brave as these, bravest men in the army. Correspondent Dan Stringer's gripping story of the men who crossed the Rhine. The story of the bravest men in the Army. Like Ann Stringer, hundreds of United Press correspondents are working in the smoke of battle on every fighting front and in the capitals of the free world, sending you the latest developments in the news. We will bring you another stirring story of these soldiers of the press soon. Be sure to listen. And listen for United Press News on the air. Look for United Press dispatches in your favorite newspaper. They are your guarantee of the world's best coverage of the world's biggest news. That will do it for today. 
If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, kencurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net.